done my breathing, I'm ready to go. So, um, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good overnight. I'm Anthony Price. And I'm Jonathan Bradley. And here we go with another rollicking good rollick through an hour. Are we doing an hour today? I think so. Yeah, well, well 55 minutes. We've been, we've been padding to our, to our studio audience before we went live today. Okay, I have to do a little bit of a a warning for the show today because uh, I did hit the red wine last night. Oh, okay. One of one of the bottles was a Chateau Neuf de Pape. Oh, I see. Which here's a here's a cunning plan. Mm. Uh, Give if your friend uh, reaches a certain age and it's their birthday, get them a really good bottle of wine as the gift, and then drink it. I like your thinking. Which is what I did last night. All fully socially distanced, by the way. But, um, yeah, I drank most of the wine. <laughs> so if I'm a little bit ropey today, it's because I have a ginormous hangover. Nice. How We've had an interesting week this week. So, by the way, um, listeners on the podcast, um, obviously we're going to go through your listeners' questions as usual. We have a couple of themes to talk about today. You can submit your questions to us at globalleadershippodcast at gmail.com or you can also do it at podcast at tridigitallearning.com. Whichever one, it all comes through to us or you can find us on our social media pages. However, before we get into our subjects for today, me and JB had a very interesting week where we were talking about communication with an executive leadership team of a of a multinational firm. And I have to say, um, it was a really good... Bearing in mind this was all virtual, we are all stuck in the UK, we're in lockdown. I know for those of you in the US and, and uh, Luxembourg, you may have different things in the audience, but we had a rather good session, didn't we, with them? Is that where I had a technological breakdown in the first sort of 20 minutes? Yes. 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 I, t- I have to tell you, um, this is quite useful if you're doing this kind of thing. Uh, get your system to be able to go to 4G backup if your broadband fails. And I had got that set up, but despite my technical incompetence, I was able to save the day by switching from uh, broadband, um, picking up my 4G off my phone um, and whacking it into my iMac. Um, had I not done that, that would have been an absolute disaster. I mean, I'm sure you would have been able to carry it on your own end, but um, yeah, this this, I, this I, was a big. I amazed about. myself. It, it, it's, yeah. a, it's one of our bigger clients that we work with, and they asked us to do some work with the executive committee team. Um, so effectively, your your C-suite, as they may call them, um, in some organisations. And yeah, we had all this wonderful two-hour program, and of course, with that level of people, their time is precious. So we had a, a technology meltdown, but it was it was good nonetheless, wasn't it? So. Um, and well, I'm I'm now currently remortgaging so that I can actually uh, cover the phone bill that I'm going to get this month. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, as most of you know, as listeners to the podcast, we like to talk about what's going on in the news and our listener questions. JB, we have three listener questions pre-submitted and whatever comes in from our live audience so i suspect we need to get through a lot of stuff during our time together today um if you are listening to us on the podcast and wish to join the live studio audience as we have every week a nice group of people in our room um you can sign up to that um on seedle.com there you go i've done the official stuff now we can now Lovely, lovely, lovely. Uh, so we've got all sorts of choices as to order. We could um, be a little unconventional and do the uh, listener questions first oh. and then do our little bits and bobs. 
at the back end. One minute, because I need to log in. Oh, have I put you on the spot? Well, no, it's fine. I've just got to get the um, the questions up. One second. I like to I like to, to surprise you yeah. and get you okay. into a spontaneous combustion. So, um, again, in the audience, if you want to submit your live questions, you can do, and we'll come to those if we get time. But let's go to one of the pre preset ones this is coming via our email address um and i'm just checking whether we can name them or not yes we can this is from joe in london um and yeah okay. london uk uh, and the question reads um when so many staff are furloughed how do we maintain their engagement Ooh, a deep question to kick things off um i think um jb do you want to go first or do you want me to no i want you to go first right Whilst I think up what I'm going to say. Well, you see, I, I, I did read these briefly this morning before we, we went on the podcast, but I do have a slight yeah. head start. So for me, it's tricky, isn't it? Because as an organisation, so for the international listeners in the audience, furlough in the UK is essentially where the government subsidises the income of those people that you have to lay off to be at home. And there is an awful lot of organisations furloughing their people at the moment to protect the financial stability of the organisation and therefore to hopefully mean that there is less redundancies when the furlough scheme ends. The furlough scheme will end hopefully when the pandemic is over. That's the basis of the context. The question is around engagement. And Okay, my take on engagement with furloughed workers is there is obviously a challenge because you are not seemingly allowed to allow those furloughed workers to work for you whilst they're furloughed. Mm. Um, And therefore, legally, um, there is limited things that you should ask them to do. However, I do think um, almost in line with what a lot of people do around maternity, which is keeping in touch sessions and days, should be made available to their people. So I know one particularly really good organisation that had to furlough an absolute bucket load of workers. And every Tuesday they had a one hour coffee break where anyone furloughed was invited, was not mandated to join. And the chief executive joined that call. And for the first 15 minutes, we just give them an update on how things are for the rest of the business. that wasn't impacted to make them feel like they were aware and also to give them reassurance about the overall performance of the business. So that in itself, if you've got a charismatic CEO, Really, really powerful to get them to offer something like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. The rest of it then, Q&A, off mute, cameras on if you so wish. How is everybody doing? And that has proved very popular with that organisation. And surprisingly, they've actually had very little drop off. So I know a lot of organisations have been doing virtual coffee breaks for their non-furloughed workers that are stuck at home. And what we've seen over the last six weeks talking to those organisations is the drop off almost half now. People are either actually too busy or they've kind of got used to this remote working and are kind of fine with it. But the but this particular organisation where they've got their furloughed workers have only lost three or four people of the audience, which would suggest that the connection to the employer is so important because ultimately I would suspect Similarly, if you're a leader that isn't great at communicating to your people during lockdown, that can cause a major sense of anxiety from your workforce because they don't know whether they're doing okay or not. So when you are, it's almost like when you have a long distance relationship, the lack of communication can cause anxiety. So I'm sensing that that is a really good move for a business. So that would be my first tip. Secondly, transparency where possible. Um, I think as much proactive communication to reassure those people that, you know, we're thinking of them, if nothing else, 
I think is a really good thing to do. So for me, um, communication is key. Um, ability to give people the options to touch base if they so wish. So therefore you're not in any breach of any policies around furloughing is also useful. Um, and maybe if possible, if you have a plan at this stage of what you're going to do post COVID is to start to excite them about that. You know, when you come back, these are the things you might want to think about. We're going to, you know, we, we're hoping to bring you back at this point and we've got exciting plans. And these are some of the things you can look forward to. I think a combination of, of that, a combination of uh, keeping in touch opportunities and transparent communication would be my take on it. JB. I think that's brilliant. And I, uh, I'm just uh, thinking myself about what, if I was furloughed, what I want. And if, if there was a big conversation going on, uh, with a whole lot of people in the organisation. It's like a big conversation mm. with uh, maybe the CEO, maybe, um, you know, a couple of board directors, maybe uh, a manager, um, you know, m maybe other people um, elsewhere in the organisation, just every week uh, having a big conversation about what's what's happening. And I think in that conversation... I would want to hear things about what's what support is available uh, because I know a lot of people, I do actually know a lot of people who are struggling uh, with this um, situation that we're in, you know, being at home, homeschooling, um, feeling a boatload of uncertainty in the world, in their world of work, uh, uncertainty about uh, friends, family, um, feeling a little bit remote um, and locked out of, you know, normal activities and things that kind of make them feel okay about their world. I'd like to think that support is quite a big part of that conversation, yeah. at least to, to demonstrate what's available. I would certainly want to put in place uh, a regular webinar uh, for people who were feeling a little bit vulnerable and in difficulty that they could go to anonymous, anonymously and paid for by the company. I think that sort of thing. So I, I would be thinking about, uh, you know, the, a sort of conversation thing that happens on a weekly basis that people can voluntarily turn up to. Uh, I would certainly uh, put webinars together. Yes. It's not difficult. Uh, you know, it is. And, and I actually just having a couple of people having a chat uh, from the organisation, an audience with, um, you know, Kevin from accounts uh, could be quite you know, what do we know about Kevin that we don't, you know, what do we know now that we didn't know about Kevin? And, um, you know, maybe actually getting some other people outside of the industry, maybe even having a chat with a client um, who's got an interesting take on stuff uh, or a personality or, or something, a friend yeah. to the business. I think that just um, viewing it a bit like uh, a... Uh, dare I say it, a sort of a broadcasting uh, radio kind of presence during uh, lockdown and furlough just to keep people involved. And I'd, I'd pay 
uh, there's a lot of really cool people from radio um, <laughs> who who I think would be absolutely brilliant in just keeping the show going, literally, uh, during fellow and just going on air and having a little chat and interviewing people and having a bit of fun. We have um, a couple of our clients with Seedle and, and Tri Digital Learning who have a big chunk of their workforce furloughed and they have said to their employees, we're not mandating anything, but feel free to fill your boots on all the training because they, they pay a, um, for the, the listeners that listen to this, they pay a set fee and they get unlimited access to all the webinars that, that Seedle offers. Um, and we've seen a massive increase from that organization's engagement because they have yeah. the capacity to do so. And yeah. and one thing is, is that I think with, with live, and me and JB know this from our radio backgrounds, what makes live so much better is is the intimacy. You know that someone is there with them now. If you've said to them, go and do some e-learning or read a book, it's it, it, as great as a book can be, by the way, um, or e-learning, it, it lacks that connection. And I think what people are missing at the moment is a sense of connection and, and purpose and worth. So um, live for us has been very powerful because the webinar piece gives that sense of connection. And obviously our webinars are all interactive. So we have polls, we have chat box interactions. Um, in fact, actually, obviously the audience in this webinar today could also, um, sorry, webinar in the podcast recording are in a webinar room and they can ask us questions as well. So I think... I think live rather than sending them pre-recorded stuff is, is valuable. And by the way, if you are in the audience in our room today and you have suggestions for this question, we also welcome them. So feel free to to fill your boots with your own suggestions of things we can give um, Joe. Um, I think we've oven-baked that question, haven't we, JB? Should we have another one? Or do you want to move on I to think, one of our I, Well, I think, I think that was quite a creative uh, angle on all of that. You know, think radio and get your CEO uh, to find a friendly little DJ um, and create some um, create some noise. I, I, I think I think it'd be quite fun interviewing the CEO, get, getting some crazy breakfast show presenter to interview the CEO. Oh my get goodness. them out come out of comfort zone. Get them out of their skin and see what happens. <laughs> uh, another listener question or onto one of our themes for today because we've got two themes we wanted to cover today, didn't we? Which was mm. the the, the shoe barometer or the power of three. Or do you want another listener question? No, I said. See, I like the variety of today, and I think you should go shoeing. I think okay. you should do the shoe. Right. So, um, listener questions. If you have listener questions, you're in the live audience. You need to submit them now because I suspect we may run out of time. Um, so, if you do have a listener question, anything on leadership, stick it in the Q and A box. Mark it as anonymous. For our podcast listeners, we have two more questions to get through that you've emailed in. You can do so. But me and JB, as you know, have two or three topics to kick around, which is either feeding into the news. But this one, this one's really interesting. So um, we obviously work with lots of different uh, partners and other bits and pieces. And on Monday this week, I had a call set up with our um, PR company um, and um, was talking to um, uh, one of the guys there, really, really nice guy, a guy called Mark. And he's a listener actually to this podcast. So if you're listening, Mark, hello. Um, he's not in the audience, I don't think. I can't see his name there. Um, anyway, I was having a chat with Mark um, from our PR company, and he said to me, you can tell a lot about a company's culture by the shoe policy. And I went, yeah, you what? what? What What do you mean shoe policy? He said, okay, well, not shoe policy. You can tell a lot about a company by the shoes their people wear in the office, or maybe if they are all home workers, traditionally, the shoes they tend to wear day to day. 
And I went, go on, tell me more then. And then he said, well, I work with some organisations and they're all sandal wearers. I went, well, we're not that. <laughs> and he said, but then there are other companies I work with who are strict one inch heels for the females, you know, maybe not as, but he was using this as a metaphor or court shoes. And he said, and then there's probably brogues in the middle. And he said, and I bet you can tell a lot about the company's culture by the shoes they wear. And and I kind of went, you're a, you're a genius, Mark. Because we work with all sorts of organisations in our in our day jobs, don't we, JB? And and we and I said to JB, I spoke to JB later on in the day and said, we've got to talk about this in the podcast. And um, therefore, uh, the talking point for me and JB for the next five, ten minutes is going to be, um, what can you tell about an organisational leadership based on the shoe policy that they perhaps have, or I say shoe policy, the likely shoe, you know, it, or is it both? Is it that there is a policy of, well, there won't be a policy of shoes, but what you're likely to see as acceptable in the office suggests what the culture's like, or is it the people that within it, what they choose to wear, or is it what the direction is set by the leadership shoe policy? It sounds a bit of a weird one, but if we're thinking about leadership and engagement, how do shoes translate into culture if culture eats strategy for breakfast i was intrigued by that when you told me about it and all sorts of things sprung to mind uh you know how ceos you know if they're you know if they're kind of reasonably charismatic and so on you know people will start talking like them speaking like them and mm. you know if they've got a particular hairstyle it's going to you know, like you and I, and you, we, we, because you've got a beard, I've got a beard. Um, <laughs> By the way, for those, of you, for those of you that are listeners on the podcast, or, uh, um, JB, in fact, actually, I think there has been a beard commentary for, we had about six weeks of commentary on your beard. Um, but anyway, yeah. yes, JB's beard is now very, I would say, groomed. I've, I've learned how to handle a beard. It's taken me the entire lockdown, three lockdowns to get the hang of it. I'm still still a bit ropey around the edges. Can I say, though, I'm pretty sure that you and me in an early episode of the podcast 18 months ago, you and me had a discussion about the fact that you'd never have a beard because your wife would probably never allow it or something to that tune. Well, she she wouldn't let me shave it now. I mean, she would physically restrain me if I went near it with a pair of shears yeah my missus my missus said don't ever take the beard off now yeah which i never thought and you know i so anyway i i, I digress mm. with my beard it's all about my beard i didn't mean that but um when the ceo turns up in a pair of gym shoes in 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 his suit or her suit um how long will it take the rest of the senior management team to start wearing gym shoes. Yeah. Not long, I'd suggest. It, 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 you know, they're, they're, that would... Well, if, and what does that mean? So he's cool about wearing, you know, um, gym shoes. So that might mean I can wear a T-shirt. Um, and so shoes... It never occurred to me uh, before how shoes can kind of have quite a big it's quite a big measure of a of a of a room of, yeah. of how people kind of turn up then i thought well actually uh, you know people are quite p particular about shoes aren't they I, if i give my wife feedback on a pair of shoes <laughs> oh my goodness mm, you know that is a risky risky risk very risky area to go into um 
and I have got it seriously wrong before now on advice around shoes. So it's a it's a precious thing. And I I, I mentioned to you and um, the nine eleven uh, memorial yes. in uh, in New York. Uh, you know, so it is the most incredible um, memorial building and. One of the things that really, really struck, well, two things, in fact, that really, really got me, uh, one was seeing spectacles, um, and, you know, there's there's quite a lot of them. And, and you know, you t- it just brings to mind a whole Scared, load of... Scared, isn't it, as much? No, that, someone was wearing these. And, the, the, sorry, I didn't want to bring the mood of the um, thing down, but I shoes were the other thing, even more so... Uh, that the very personal um, and important. So, I really, I really like that whole idea about how can you engage, uh, you know, a team of people just by talking about something like shoes. You know, what 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 shoes do you like to wear? Having having a webinar um, and getting people with your to, furloughed workers <laughs> with your furloughed and stick your shoe. Uh, on the screen, so we can see exactly what you're wearing today. There's Ant's shoe. What is that? A pair is of slippers. That... I mean slippers. Ah, okay. I, I, if I tried to put my shoe up on the screen, I my my chair would actually collapse. Oh yes. W- one of the casters on my chair has broken, so it would mean I would go. It would be quite entertaining. This is going to be your, you're, you're going to need your third chair of twelve months now, aren't you? Because you ha- you inherited a chair for me. The second chair now like, sounds like it's on its last legs. Hey, uh, hey, hey! Uh, well, that chair that you kindly gave me, I, I rocked back uh, on a one of the early zooms of lockdown. Uh, it was a boozy affair. I don't want to come across as an alcoholic, but yeah. it, it was one of the early ones. And I rocked back and the, the whole back of the chair collapsed. And then I went somersaulting <laughs> backwards. Um, and I wish we had a recording of it because apparently it was hysterical. No one could actually say anything for about 10 minutes because it was just so, so ridiculous. So, yeah, that was a that was a chair issue. And now my cast has gone. Maybe I maybe I need to start losing a bit of weight or something. Maybe that's that's the issue. Or investing in a perhaps slightly more stable chair. I have a, I'm on my third perhaps chair a, as well. This is a bit more of a yeah. solid one at the minute. Anyway, sorry. I do move, so I do move you're, about quite a lot. So your shoes today are, are loafers or I can imagine they're... I've got, I've, yeah, I've got trainers on today because um, I took the dog for a walk earlier. Um, now, so. it, it, I was thinking off the back of our initial conversation on this before the podcast about where I've seen cultures not be dictated by the shoe policy or the dress code of a CEO. Yeah. Because um, I will recite a very amusing story. Um, and the there was a new CEO of a company I was working for, um, big company. And um, I was asked, we were doing this thing. For, I was head of L&D for, for, a, for a global professional services firm. And we were doing career stories to inspire people to do career planning. So, you know, oh, yeah. so yeah. Do an, do, to create an individual development plan. But in the meantime, why don't you hear about some of our executive leaders' careers to make you realize that it doesn't matter if you're a qualified an accountant, you can still become a lawyer or work in sales. Anyway, um, and the company I was working for, a professional services firm, on this barometer that we're talking about here, they were certainly um, the court shoe end of the spectrum of shoes. 
I think that's fair to say. You know the company I'm talking about here, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I arrive um, very, very, you know, it was a 9 a.m. Um, go live. It was a global company. So 9 a.m. meant, you know, the APAC and Europe would have access to this. And it was all streaming and we were doing the warm up. So it was a panel of four different people. But I was asked to go into the CEO's office because I'd only been there a few days. And therefore he could be in the room with us to do this, this, um, this this thing so i get there and again black shoes i'm very formally dressed hadn't met the ceo before and was in the ceo's office that his pa had set me up there ready to go and one minute before we were due to start the webinar everyone else is in the room we've got 250 people in the audience a bit like the the, the this kind of situation now and anyway he, he walks in um shirt hanging out pair of trainers on um and uh looking i mean if i'm honest he looked a right mess so i said oh you know he said oh i've, I've uh, yeah hi there hi nice to meet you um sorry i i cycled in today I said, oh cool cool do you want me to to leave the room then so you can so you can get get changed he went no no i'm, I'm staying as i am <laughs> so there's me going oh bugger that's oh my, now i've blown it yeah that's my you know is that why you left that company <laughs> i stayed there for two, i ended up getting on very well with him fortunately we had something in common with my dad and what his his um his university background was so in any case um incidentally the culture did not change as a result of the ceo's dress code but there were certainly less ties worn in the business probably under his tenure um, in addition to that, um, people that prescribed to still wearing ties had less power to mandate it around the business, if that makes sense. Because our CEO, you would never see wearing a tie. He, uh, but certainly he would put a tie on for clients, but that would be about it. And I guess at the moment, the other thing is, is a lot of us are working from home and you are probably seeing a lot more than ever before interesting dress codes. I'm talking to clients and I will now say in advance... Um, you know, what do you want? You know, do you want us to, you know, are we okay in collars? We're working from home. Most of them are saying, we honestly don't care. It's cool. And we make a point in our webinars that we are at home. We are working from home. We're all about remote working. We are smart casual. We don't, you know, however, if our client says, can you wear a tie? Then we'll wear a tie if it's a custom project. So it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I'd like to think that sometimes it's nice. This morning, this morning, I have a friend on my Facebook, my personal Facebook, and their company have decided for Friday, and it's a bit close to the wire, if I'm honest, it was wear red or go naked is the policy for today. Love it. And they had a, a, a whole company meeting this morning where everyone had to wear red or go Every, naked. Everyone was naked. And apparently 20 of them were naked out of the 150. No, but they obviously only had the camera is, to there. That is superb. But this girl I know really well is in a red cocktail dress because the only thing she had that was red. Um, so anyway, but again, the, this, this whole clothing and culture, from a leadership perspective, they were using it as a way to have a bit of fun on a Friday and anticipating, well, everyone will find something red or naked, but apparently they were like, oh my goodness. Um, and apparently it's, it's gone down a storm with the business and its employees love it because you had that conscious decision and you were warned, um, you know, and I think the culture exists where you could take those risks. Now, um, I doubt if we ever did a webinar in the nude that would go down particularly well with our client base, especially knowing some of those clients being at the court shoot end of our spectrum. Um, but from a leadership perspective, it's really interesting how clothes and mandating of clothes can set the tone for your business. And I think that's why we wanted to take this this little section, I believe, JB. Yeah. Um, I, have you ever, 
turned up to a professional presentation on, you know, virtual one or webinar or whatever with, with the top smart uh, and your bottom, you know, with your pyjamas on. Have, yeah. you, have you done that? 100%. In fact, this morning, my um, middle boy, who is seven, had a uh, classroom live with the, the class where they're all on camera. And he said, can I leave my pyjama bottoms on, please, Dad, and put a shirt on? I was like, fine with me. In fact, I then said to him, you would be in your pants if you so wish. And that's what he decided to do. A pair of pants, wide fronts, and a shirt. Well, I'll tell you now, that formal... Um, presentation we did the other day uh so i had tie on uh, shirt uh but on my bottoms uh i just had a pair of old jogging pants <laughs> um and christabel my wife took a picture of me with that and i said do not put that on facebook but uh, there is there is um there is a photograph of me doing that as i was entering my shed i was I in shirt tie jacket and jeans yeah, I think you and me straight afterwards we we debriefed and we both had the, the shirt on still, but then a just a. Do you, do you think um, you know if 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 ah uh, uh, if we're ever allowed back in offices, um, whether we ever really want to go back into offices actually is probably the question. Um, do you think we might be uh, likely to get more formal when we go back to office work, or? Because we've been, um, you know, working from home and wearing casual stuff like we are now, do you think people will want to carry on just wearing normal casual clothes when they go back to work? It's a really interesting point, isn't it? Because I think there's a few things that have happened post-COVID. One is businesses have realised actually we can still survive as a business with a remote workforce, despite those preconceived ideas that working from home equals laziness. And I think actually a lot of people are now realizing it's quite the opposite because you have to prove your worth to be visible and you have to work harder for it. So that aside, um, I've also heard people say they can't wait to go back into the office, but I suspect what my hunch, and this let's listen back to this recording on the podcast in 10 years time. My hunch is that work will become much more of a social gathering space. So actually, you and me will arrange to be on the office on a Tuesday because we can then go out for lunch and have a beer and a catch up. And we use that time to do face to face collaboration. And we probably don't get much administration done. I know I've worked remotely for six years now. And if you and me weren't somewhere in the world doing what we did as a pair, for example, um, I would go into the physical office for um, maybe once or twice a month. And actually, when I was there, the day would be full of coffee catch up lunch catch up beer home and it would be very much like that so my hunch is that's where things will go is that businesses will end up saying you know don't get me wrong there are some organizations that need you to be in an office that are regulated activity obviously naturally uh, key workers um, but where the business doesn't necessarily need a physical presence i think it'll be a much more collaborative space it will be meeting rooms conference rooms hot desks social areas and I imagine, and of course, there is benefits both sides of that. The organisation saves money on real estate space. Um, <clears throat> people have that flexibility, but I do believe people will want to go into the office. I think they're hungry for it. As for dress code, I suspect a bit like people desiring to go back into the office, people will desire to put a pair of smart shoes on and get dressed up. Um, my sister-in-law, mm. normally twice a week, who's work from home twice a week we'll get dressed up in office attire 
just so she feels like she's done something. She's got a camera's on, but she'll put on, you know, a dress, put on the makeup, but she hasn't gone to the office. Because yes. it, it, it's it's a nice feeling of preparation. It's your, yeah, and the, the challenge we've got at the minute is some of us will fall out of bed, roll up to the desk. <laughs> and I think you miss, and I think some people are doing these fake walks to work at the minute. They're going out and they're doing a, just a roll of the block of 10 minutes and back because it compartmentalizes the home commute to work. Um, mentally, I struggled when I first started working from home, not just from the distance relationship I have with my management, but also the fact that at 4.59, hypothetically, probably 5.59, I would lock my computer and walk out from my office and within a second I've got three screaming children running riot having pillow fights. You don't, and, and I think there is a beauty of the commute home being that, you know, that, that compartmentalization of the work to home. And I really struggled. I used to walk out and I'd have had a really stressful last call I'd go in and I'd be mm. not particularly pleasant to the wife and children because oh my, I just, I know I need, I need, I need five minutes. So what I've learned to do is I now walk the dog from six till seven. So, you know, if I finish up at six, so I, in my calendar, those that know me know that between seven and eight is blocked for my children. You know, I have a solid hour with them to make sure that it's no tech. We sit, we have a chat. I try not, if, if I can, I'll have dinner with them at half five till six. But as we all know at the minute, life's a bit crazy. So long answer to a short question. I think agile working will become the norm. Um, and I think workspace will be more collaborative. As for dress codes, I don't think it will go as sandal wearing as people suspect. Because actually, you know, when was the last time you and me, well, you and me put a tie on Tuesday or whenever it was. But when was the last time our audience, and again, if you're in the audience in here, tell us what your, your thoughts are. But um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting in, I'd in, be in quite the true happy. sense of the word. I'd be quite happy never to wear a tie again in my entire life. <laughs> I would like to leave that in the 20th century. What um, about your, never... your daughter's wedding? Do you have three? Uh... Well, I would hope that it would be uh, sandals. <laughs> if it's on the beach in the Seychelles, that's forgiven. Yeah. But would you wear the tie though, the tie, rather than because again, mm, I don't think so. Um, back to going back to work or going back to an office mm. ever. The, there's only two reasons why I would go to an office. One is to present something, and the other is to hug someone. <clears throat> Uh, that's the only reason I'd actually go to an office. I take it you won't be in the HR department when you do that. <laughs> Probably get escorted off the premise. Oh, Christ, it's him again. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, get him out. He just goes around hugging everyone. Yeah. But oh. that's all I... Don't you fear? I just want to um, get... I want to hug people. Uh, I think there's going to be a massive, great hugging movement. I think um, people will want uh, a little bit of yeah, human right. contact. I do. I, I, there's so many people. I, hundreds of people. I want to. I want to travel around the world hugging. Um, do you remember once and, a little side story for the audience? JB once came to our office in London when I was a, a, an I'm internal employee. What, what story is this? He, he was a supplier, and JB and a supplier us, of hugs. Yes. Well, and and this is how the story went. So I I had my three of my team with me and JB. And we all went out for a bite to eat before dispersing. And JB over dinner talked about oxytocin oh, and hugging. Oh, that's oh, that's right. Yeah. And and you have to hug for it. Uh, you both have to count to ten before the oxytocin is released together. 
So you proceeded then, and I had my laptop bag on my shoulder and was about to say, see you later, JB. And he went, no, no, no. So I was kind of, I think I was holding like an umbrella and my laptop bag. And in the central London, I was in this embrace for the camp people in the audience. They can see this. I was kind of in this kind of hunched up position of trying to hold my umbrella and the backpack. And there was JB, arms around me. Count, Anthony, count. One, two, three, ten. You feel that? Yeah, I can feel the umbrella in my knee, JB. <laughs> oh, you loved it. You, 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 you felt something move between us. I think. I think that's yes. what you said. Yeah, probably uh, germs. <laughs> early COVID. Early COVID. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, yes, oh, the release of oxytocin. You see, that's 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 so true. I think we're going to need. Uh, to generate an awful lot of oxytocin when all of this is over, and I'm looking forward to that. I don't, I can't anticipate whether people are going to go back into offices looking like the Walking Dead um, in the same sort of clothes. I don't know whether you've ever seen that on, um, I no, think it's on Amazon Prime. I can imagine it's, quite, it, it's just crazy. Um, or will we, um, you know, party like? crazy 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 people and want to dress up a bit and kind of see it as a uh yeah i've been a slob you know i've been a, a messy old bugger all these months i actually would quite like to dress up a little bit and go 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 a bit formal i don't know it'll it'll be interesting to see won't it, it how all of that pans out over the next months years listener question or subject to well um I think subject two, uh, and I, I, the reason I'm uh, raising this was some work that we did uh, last, was it last week or this week? That everything's spinning round so damn quickly. There was some um, work with an executive committee this week that you and I did together. There was some leadership yeah. work that I did last week. What um, what really came out of that for me again uh, was some of the communication, leadership communication work uh, that we were doing uh, with this company. And so I, to, to set this off, um, just to, you know, I like throwing little things at you now and again, just to keep you on your metal. <laughs> uh -oh. So if I said, oh, um, fill in the missing blanks, um, sex and drugs and... Rock and roll. Okay. And how many musketeers were there? Three. Okay. And when Jesus was born, um, there were how many wise men? Three. So there's a little clue, <laughs> very subtle clue in all of this. It is the power of three. And so... Uh, there are so many stories, you know, the three wise men, the three musketeers, um, as I said, you know, sex and drugs and rock and roll. The, the memory, uh, the available memory, short-term memory, can actually cope with three things very, very well. But when you start getting into four stroke, five stroke, six things, people start getting jumbled up with it and it loses its resonance and with the communication work that we did uh, with this company 
I I felt that it was very very interesting to see the in, internal comms people working uh, and narrowing focus down onto th- onto onto the three things as prescribed by us. Yeah, that's great. Um, because people want to get across so many points. And coming from commercial radio background, you know there are advertisers who just love to get um, across so many points in their 30-second ad, mm. uh, like we're a family-run business, uh, like we're you know easy to get to, uh, we're cost-effective, um, we've got the best product range ever, uh, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they want to cram into their commercial five or six things. Um, and that will get completely lost. Yeah. Ideally, you'd narrow the focus into perhaps one or two things at most. Um, so I'm I'm really just um, making the point about um, three things being the three points anymore. It's pointless. Uh, it becomes absolutely pointless. So we do um, work on uh, know me, focus me, value me. Uh, okay, you've got me in there three times, but it's basically know, focus, value. And the exciting thing about that with the CEO and his senior leadership team was we saw that absolutely resonate uh, with those people. Do you know, focus and value your people? More importantly, if we went amongst them and had a beer and just said, you know, does, does, does he know you? Does he focus you? Does he value you? Uh, that got them. You know, he, that senior leadership team were thinking, uh, if I was if I was judged by that, if I if I was measured by that, I might have a problem. I I suspect that was, you know, quite a kind of breakthrough moment. Yeah. So, I get, where am I going with this? I I just wanted to, uh, on the back of that, um, you know, the power of that, I wanted to communicate that in this show that uh whittle your whittle your points down to three as much as you can three things people will remember it so when you're communicating to an audience uh, or a webinar or whatever take it to three points only and no more me and JB talk about this a lot with leadership work and and ironically we we weave in a lot of threes where possible in fact i think i made three points on the the question earlier um from joe's question um so i think making three points a it's rhythmic i'm going to talk to you about three things one two three um and it's it it forces you to think i have to be finite or don't don't it we have to, you know, in, in, in a fast-paced world that we now live in, especially remotely, um, recall is difficult. Cutting through is difficult. Um, we don't have that face-to-face interactivity that we had a year ago. It will come back, but as I think we're already alluding to, it may never come back to what it was pre-COVID. <clears throat> and and w- when you put all those things together in, in consideration, I think Power of Three is such a powerful thing to think about. Uh, and we think about the strap lines, the ones that tend to stick um, are number three, they're three words. So Tesco's is every little helps. 
um, which is a supermarket brand um, in in the UK. Um, Sainsbury's used to have one, Good Food Costs Less, and it never really stuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you look at the ones that have three, and there was a there was a whole thought piece I read on 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 three worded strap lines. Never um, knowingly undersold. Yeah. Um, which I think they're changing, unfortunately. Are they? Yeah, maybe. Because like, they can't afford to yeah. keep it going. <laughs> and we're going to get a libel letter, aren't we, on that one? Um, yeah. So, so you know, it, it, if we think of, of these famous brands and their strap lines being three words typically for a reason, when we're communicating as leaders or communicating to people, um, three things is a really good way to even open it. I'm going to talk to you about three things, everybody, today. Subject one, subject two, subject three. And then you, you talk about the three things. And maybe within each of those three things, you, you make three points. And then when you wrap it up at the end, you summarize and say, I, I spoke to you about three things. And you will find that those people remember the three things. And I might not remember everything, but if you have three points to make, even politicians in the media are trained on this stuff. The power of three has has huge impact for, for audiences. And that's why I know JB wanted to bring it up today. And, and ironically, as JB said, that the thing that's come back in feedback from the session we did with this executive committee this week was... Yeah, this this know me, focus me, value me thing is is really hit a note with us. And guess mm. what? It's three words and or three 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 statements. Know me, focus me, value me, is a really interesting barometer. And they've now started kicking that around as a huge topic. And if it had been five or six things, and I remember JB used to work for another company, and they had these five styles. I think it was called. And guess oh, what? Yeah. They they always got forgotten. No disrespect, JB, which is why you shrunk it to three and left that organisation. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true but i i think um it's that and do you know what the the process with a team of 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 getting to 3 uh is a is an interesting process in its own right so we've only got three things so we've only got three containers everybody we can't we can't have 5 we can't have 10 we've got to whittle it down to three things only that prioritization and um, kind of hierarchy of need, thought, and everything else is such a great debate to have to get it down to three that everyone works together to get. They have to be prepared to sacrifice their most precious things that they feel are the main things in their world, in their world of work. And I think that's quite interesting to get that to that point in a in a conversation or a meeting. Mm. I'm prepared to to sacrifice my baby, my thing, for the sake of clarity of communication. So we go with these three things, uh, and we we narrow the focus into those three things. That brings people together around that. Like know me, focus me value me and when everyone understands what that means you you might have someone saying actually but that doesn't that doesn't tell us about operational excellence that doesn't tell us about the financial objectives and imperatives hanging on everyone's shoulders yeah well actually yes it does it does because it's in there it's in it's in the focus me uh it is actually in there but you'll always get people like you know the advertiser example I gave you of people trying to say, well, it's a family-run business. 
but that's not the most important thing. That's not going to get people to your store. No. We have nine minutes left of our of our Ooh. podcast, so we, we need to get through a couple more of these listener questions. And it's your last okay. chance in the live audience if you want to stick one in. Um, but we have two more listener questions. Um, Donna in Birmingham um, has sent this message in to our email address. And ironically, it is linked a little bit to what we've just talked about, which is how do I make my communications more inspiring to a remote audience? <laughs> right. And we well, need to do this because we've got one more question after this, if we can. So, okay. um, over to you. Um, well, okay. So what have you got? Um, power of three, definitely, uh, will, will structure your communication really nicely. Um, I always think... Um, what's the worst worst thing that could happen uh, to your organisation, to your team, to to you right now? Uh, amplify it, make it horrendous, make it the evil enemy uh, that co- could come and take all the jobs away and make the company awful. And then talk about it could be like this. It could be, but it's not going to be because it's going to be like this. Imagine if... Imagine if is one of the most powerful and most inspiring um, setups, framing uh, for the opposite of that uh, wicked witch from the north, that evil uh, thing that could happen. We want to set up the heroes uh, of the organisation. We saved the day. Um, imagine if we didn't have them, but imagine if we if we do do it this way, it could be like this. And then we paint the picture, the opposite. So people really, really quite like that. And we've had that from our childhood in little, um, you know, Disneyland uh, films and um, Hansel and Gretel. And, and, you know, you think about any of those things, there is usually something that is going horribly wrong or could go horribly wrong. It picks up the emotion um, and then you create the hero who saves the day. That's the organisation or you or your team and that really gets people excited and listening. Structure it in using the power of three, three things. Um, and do lovely storytelling. Metaphors are very powerful. Uh, like we, we've all got to get in this little boat um, and we're going to row like hell and we're going to get our boat to the fastest flowing bit of the river. We cannot have in our team someone rowing in the wrong direction. It's never going to work. What? Imagine if we did. We'd just go round and round in circles. We'd never leave the harbour. Um, but our task is to navigate to the fastest flowing bit of the river and row like hell. So a metaphor can be so inspiring. So put that lot together uh, and I think you'd, you'd have a good chance of creating something exciting. Sorry, there's not much more time. So that's it on that for me i will uh, bypass answering that because i think you've covered my main points um oh, other sorry. than other than authenticity don't have oh, a script yeah. um, a boatload yes uh, and it's funny isn't it i've i've heard some great storytellers where we're having a chat and they say oh god I remember this time when and then you put them in front of a group of people and they've got to do a speech and all of a sudden it goes all wooden and a bit just they lose it and i was like well tell that story again Oh no, yeah. no no! You know, I think it's it's know your audience and and be yourself would be my only, my only additions. Um, I'm conscious of time, so I think the last question we can leave to another episode. Okay. And I feel it may be better because I read that question to you if you remember, and it's a contra. I could ask it if you want me to. Do you remember it? 
it was... You asked me so many questions, I don't know okay. which one Okay, I'll, I'll read it yeah. to you and then you can choose whether you answer it or we, we delay it to the next episode. Okay. Uh, and the question was from a, I believe, a boy called Jamie um, and said, in a previous episode, you talked about um, uh, supporting Scottish independence if, <gasps> um, if they did it. And yeah. you then talked about small sometimes and agility being better. On that basis, if Brexit vote happened again, would you change your mind, knowing that you voted to remain previously? A very politically charged question. To leave. Let's leave that till the next time we meet, because that's just going to take me about an hour to answer. I thought you'd say that. Um, anyway, if you do have listener questions... <laughs> You knew now you know I read the question. That's why I thought, yeah, he's gonna <laughs> dodge that one like a yeah. bullet. Um so if you've got a listener question, feel free to submit it. Global leadership podcast at gmail.com. Find us on social media, search global leadership podcast, or you can find us via Tri Digital and Seedle, and you can submit the questions to ever channel. If you're in the live audience, um you can of course email us your questions uh, through the platform. Um uh, what are you up to for the weekend ahead, Mr. Bradley? Are you gonna be nursing your sorry head or is it recovered during the course of the last hour i'm tempted to say sex and drugs and rock and roll but that isn't the case um <laughs> um i am what am i doing i'm i'm oh i'm going back to sanding isn't that fun i'm sanding the floor again because oh. uh, i didn't quite complete my task uh we're going to the dump <laughs> tomorrow morning didn't you talk about that uh, as your again? last weekend highlight? Yeah, wow, okay. Yeah, no, we did, so we are gradually um, getting all the stuff that we've had in the house for so long and we're being ruthless, ruthless, uh, getting rid of so much rubbish that's been building up for five years in this house and we're just chucking it out, you know, there's kind of kids, teenagers, out they go wow. um, into the dump. Uh, so anything for, for, that we for find. our listeners internationally, a dump is kind of like a recycling center. Stroke, um, what what are they called in the US? Um, refuse, recycle, yeah, um, incinerator I, kind of site. I find it one of the most liberating, exciting lockdown things available uh, to take your car, fill it full of rubbish. Um, and take it to the dump, put it all into the recycling containers. Sometimes they have this munching thing going on and you just see all this shit that you've had for years just being munched. Um, and then you get in your car. Oh, it just feels great. You just feel liberated and excited. I'm excited um, so to I'm point out... So I'm doing that this weekend. We've only... JB's just let out the first swear of the podcast. Oh, did I? Yeah. But not hey, a, well, no, it's not a big one. It was an S bomb. Oh, that's okay then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think but, that's I mean, okay. I, I was thinking. I'm not going to have to mark this episode as explicit because every other episode is explicit. But this one, you've only just dropped the first swear. Wow. Yeah. Red wine does Gosh. weird things to you. We need to do another tipsy episode. I think at some point they are the best. But, I believe. Um, and what are you doing? Can you can you say what you're doing using the power of three for your um, weekend? Okay, um, going to walk the dog, spend some time with the walk kids. Walk the dog. That's it. And I'm going to um, mount a TV mount for my sister-in-law in her apartment. She shares a bubble with us, as in for the bubble purposes for listeners. You can have a bubble with a single-person household. So I'm going to be putting up a TV bracket for her. Walk the dog. Um, give her some fresh air. Poor thing's been trapped for most of this week. She's got a bit of a dodgy leg again. And uh, my many children need love and nurture. There you go. 
Ah, that was quite a lot there. Yeah. Um, mm. Give them all a big hug from me. Bit of oxytocin amongst friends give and family. A, yeah, and and particularly Nicola and Kate, can you give them both, have a group hug and do 10 seconds and say that's from JB at the end. Do I need to, to film it to prove it? Yes, please. Right. Okay, I'll ask one. Uh, that's, your, that's your challenge for the weekend. You can set me one if you like. Um, give, give Christabella oxytocin hug from me. <laughs> Not going to film it. No, please don't. Oh, no. Oh. And on that note, uh, I've been Anthony Price. <laughs> and I've been Jonathan Bradley. And it's been an absolute blast. I, 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 because I had too much wine last night, I can't think of a, a, a witty riposte. So I shall leave it there. And thank you for your engagement. It's been an absolute blast. See you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.